Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex, but don't get your ice docks in it, Tizzy. We've arrived at episode 262. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. Uh, Sean's Too far away from my mic. <laughs> <laughs> it occurred to Sean that his mic was clear across the table. It's there. I'll just project really loudly tonight. Your mic picks up really well. You've got one of the better mics. <clears throat> Did you guys have a good week and a good new year? Yeah, it wasn't bad. We had work, but... Yeah. <laughs> For working, it wasn't bad. No. The nice thing is New Year's Eve falls at midnight, or the, the the big party falls at midnight. We're usually home by then, so mm-hmm. it makes going out and doing any of those fun things early in the evening leading up to midnight kind of a damper, but yeah. we're getting old. Uh, <laughs> our, uh, <laughs> our niece stayed overnight with us because her mom went to the Ramada Inn party, and mm-hmm. so the kids, you know, we all stayed up and... Said Happy New Year and popped some of the little champagne popper. Was this Mason's things. first year making it to midnight? No, he made it last, last year, year as well. Okay. I think. I Maybe even the year before that. But we used to do the countdown like at ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we go to bed, and then we do our real countdown. Um, yeah, so we just we they stayed up. We did. Uh, they played uh, Pie Face, which I don't know if you know what that is. It's this. Uh, it's this game. It's a oh, hand, a mechanized the, hand. Yeah. You put whipped cream on it. You stick your face through this little face cutout, oh. and then you t- you roll the dice and you turn a little knob as many times on the dice that you get, or you spin a spinner, I guess. And there's one of those notches on it that s- slings the hand up into your face if you happen to get to it. So they mm-hmm. they played that and had a lot of fun. Um, just had a lot of snacks. I downloaded. I got a new Apple TV, so we downloaded a karaoke app for it. It had a lot of free songs on it. I was shocked. And the cool thing is you can, because we have iPhones, you can take and you can download the app to your iPhone and use your phone as a microphone. And oh, it, that's nice. And you can nice. carry yourself through the TV singing to the karaoke. So you don't have to go out and buy a brand new karaoke system anymore. You just <laughs> Apple TV and free apps. I'm sure uh, the karaoke makers love that. And Counted Down with Chicago because that's who uh, NBC played. I was, I, was, I was so proud of NBC that they did not tape delay. <laughs> The New York one that would have already happened an hour ago, they went to a Chicago feed for that hour between 11 and midnight. And so we got to count down with somebody in our time zone, which, again, was very cool. I hope they continue to do that. Huzzah! And then we we pulled the sleeper sofa out. <laughs> sofa sleeper out. <laughs> I remembered I have it this time, Sean. And blew up the air mattress, and the girl slept on the... Um, Sofa sleeper and Mason slept on an air mattress in the living room. They, I think they stayed up for like another hour watching TV and giggling and talking. Holly and I went to bed. <laughs> we were exhausted by about one o'clock. We were just like, okay, that's it. We're going to bed. Um, so that was that was our New Year's Eve. That was fun. That's good. We, I, uh, Sean was gracious to host the our group of friends Christmas party. So unfortunately, Sarah wasn't feeling good. So after I got off work, I came over here for a little while and then went home uh, to be with her. That's a good thing I got home when I did because about midnight when the fireworks were going off, Cody was right on my lap, not moving an inch, (laughs) terrified because of the fireworks. (laughs) But he was protecting me. Oh, that's that's what he thinks. It was nice of him to do that. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was was pretty good, though. Enjoyable. Uh, Kind of the same thing. I I worked... um, New Year's Eve, and then came home, and there was a house full of people. I was like, "Oh, all right, everybody's here, yay!" <laughs> <coughs> Slowly got into the spirit. It was just it was a long day, and then kicked all of you guys out, and oh, and I went to bed. <laughs> it's like okay, and then I worked seven days straight. Ooh. It was in the middle of that. Uh, I worked. I worked. I worked every day since Christmas. Um, Ooh. But I did it to secure this weekend off. Oh, which was kind of nice to have two in a row and at, at neither job, and you know. We actually went in Saturday night, thinking he might be there. Sorry, wasn't there. That's okay. Normally would have been. <laughs> but I went in Saturday night too, thinking you'd be there. You did not. <laughs> Such a liar. <laughs> you never come see me. Um, I went in last Saturday or Sunday to see you. You did. <laughs> <last Sunday. laughs> I had other missions there, but <laughs> <laughs> I've still got your uh, bank. 
But, by the way. Oh, you do. Hey, yeah. I was going to get that for Mason for Christmas, and I forgot all about it. I kind of noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but, Hold uh, on to it. He's got a birthday coming up, and I'll come. Well, I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast, because he might be listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do not listen to this podcast. <clears throat> but, um, no, so then my last night, she says, what do you want to do Saturday? I was like, nothing. I want a day of, I want to sit. I want to play video games and watch movies and I want, I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do that. I want to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> so we did, we did absolutely nothing on Friday's glory. And she kept kind of looking at me like, are you sure you're okay with this? I was like, yep, I might get ambitious later and start to put Christmas away. Nope. <laughs> Not going to happen. I just, I just, I was just burned out. Just wanted a day of nothing. So we, we did nothing. We watched a couple of Tarantino flicks and uh, played some more, um, uh, uh, Lego Dimensions, but we did absolutely nothing uh, other than that yesterday, and then today we got up and went to Kansas City and saw Hateful Eight in 70mm, and I was so happy. It's, it was well done, and it's a lot of fun, so hmm. thumbs up. Other than Dimensions, I finished my Doctor Who Lego set. It's so pretty. It is pretty. I'm really impressed by it. And then just spent some time with my sister since she's back in town for, was back in town for Christmas. She takes off tomorrow, so... And the other, the other thing we watched was the uh, Sherlock New Year's special. I the still haven't watched that. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch anything? No. We spent all day at the car dealership on Saturday. So, And congratulations. Thank you very yeah. much. Got a uh, 2014 you Nissan can. Ultima. Anything else? All right. Let's move on. Well, if you are going through Doctor Who withdrawal. I am. BBC America has the answer. What is it? They are going to rebroadcast Series 9. And they're going to do kind of pop-up video style. Oh, so like Infotex coming up? Yeah, Infotext with commentary from Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. Ooh, that's fun. And behind-the-scenes stuff like concept arts and all sorts of other different stuff. That's fun. So that's going to start January 30th. Uh... I don't have a time, so check your local listings. <laughs> I think they're doing two episodes a night, so that would make sense to them. As since most of them the are two parters, anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it for news. That's it for news. Did we want to talk about Moffat leaving again? <laughs> <laughs> Was there more reference oh, to that? Peter Capaldi came out this week in an article too about. Thinking that next year was his last year, I didn't read it because I'm not even going to bother. When when he I think I read the article officially announced that he's leaving, then I'll discuss it. But yeah. the only thing I thought was I, think, I, I read the article and the comments sounded like he said, like they asked him, "Is next year going to be your last year?" And so he answered in an appropriate manner of, "Well, I got to leave at some time." <laughs> I I thought it was the only thing I can say about it is I thought it was interesting that after spending. The entire lead up through this season and into Christmas with Capaldi going, why do they keep asking me to leave? You know, and, and, and then making the comment, I would do Doctor Who all year. I would make more episodes if they'd let me. I would do this. I don't have any plans to go anywhere. Blah, 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 blah. To then turn around and go, well, I have to leave sometime. And it just all of a sudden was like, whoa. <laughs> well, and he, he also couched that with taking the – since he took the job, he's been thinking about his regeneration. I mean, it's as you take the dog, job as a doctor, you know it's a limited run. That you won't be in the role forever or that the show will end while you're in the role. Speak for yourself. I plan to live forever. I think what happened was he was talking about, oh, I'll do Doctor Who forever. I love it. It's great. More episodes, blah, blah, blah. And his agent got a hold of him and said, you know, if you keep saying that, they're not going to negotiate your contract. (laughs) So now he's got to turn around and say, well, you know, there's a chance I'm leaving. You know, I got to leave sometime so the BBC go, oh, we better offer him more money so he'll stick around. That's what that was. I would be the worst ever <laughs> contractor. Yeah. It's just... You coming back next year? Yep. <laughs> Go anywhere? Nope. I'll be here. Can I work for free? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, your agent would be going, uh, 8%, 8% of zero is zero. Oh, no. <laughs> You want to talk about the Omni Rumor some more? No. <laughs> Let's move on.
No feedback this no week. No feedback this but, week. But uh, we do want to remind you that there are various avenues you can connect, you can contact us aside from feedback, and you can find us on various forms of social media, which are? Uh, we are on Facebook, Traveling the Vortex. Twitter, at Travel Vortex. We are on Instagram. We are on Google+. We are on Periscope. We have the... Doctor or the the book club on Goodreads, which the January book has been announced officially is the Legend of Ashilda. So grab your copies and start reading now that it's January. Because we will be reviewing that on the show. Yeah. So yeah, just as a reminder that we can talk about now is that every you know this is the January book. We'll be reviewing it in February. So now you will actually you know You've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about them, so you better read them. Uh, point being, though, there is uh, other ways to contact us besides emails. So if you want to uh, give us a shout-out on any of those forms of social media, go ahead, and maybe we'll read it on the show as well. Yeah. And, of course, you can always contact us at feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Or on the contact feedback tab on the Facebook page, or on the Facebook page, on the website. Yeah. You got it. All right, let's move on to our reviews. What were we doing first? I forgot. <laughs> Do you have the synopsis of the comics? Let me pull up the first issue and see if there is. Oh, yeah. Pull up the first issue, computer. <laughs> Hello, computer. I can't do that, Keith. <laughs> is GLaDOS in charge? What's good? Oh, did I sound more like GLaDOS than Dave? <laughs> or than Hal? <laughs> no, I just GLaDOS. Oh, I thought bit. GLaDOS would be uh, a little more uh, stubborn. I will say there was one panel of the comic that I liked so much. I don't have so a synopsis, much, I just have a previous. That thing. it became my desktop on my phone and my iPad. Oh. oh. It, it went away. It went away. Oh. Ah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I don't have a synopsis. All right, yeah. I don't, have a synopsis. <laughs> I don't think we know what we do with the comics. The Eighth Doctor, or The Eighth Doctor. <laughs> the Ninth Doctor, Jack and Rose, traveling on the tortoise. Tortoise? Tardis. I can't talk tonight. Take over. <laughs> is it a tortoise because he taught it to you? Um, I, quite, I, I think I, I kind of showed my hand a few weeks ago when we were talking about this, and I asked you guys if you'd read it yet. I thoroughly enjoyed this. In fact, I read through this a second time just this week in order to refresh myself on it. Found I didn't really need to because I remembered it a lot better than I did. The first thing I'm going to point out, because we tend to do this, and I don't think it's always that fair to do, but I want to point out that the artwork in this is through all five issues are phenomenal. Yes, yes. Um, Blair Shed did a phenomenal yeah, job. One through five was apparently the same, uh, uh, the same artist then, right? Through I all of them, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, just it, it's 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 sharp. It's clean. It looks like who they're portraying. Um, it's, he really it's, captures the anguish in yes. the Ninth Doctor's face. Yes, um, the action really comes across in the in the illustrations. It's 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 quite quite enjoyable, and I, that was the first thing that really appealed to me in this comic was in this miniseries was just how terrific that was. Um, Sean looks like he's reading through it again. <laughs> no, I, I was just mirroring what you were. I quite enjoyed the story too. Um, oh. I think that I like that it. What I would like the best about it is it, it bounces around a lot, but it keeps with a very linear theme, a very linear story. And I, I really like how we start off in the middle of this skirmish, and we don't really know what's going on. We end up losing Rose. And she ends up on another planet at this black market, basically, for banned weapons. <laughs> <laughs> and she's helping some some uh, squid-looking guy there. And uh, Glom. <laughs> the Glom. And uh, uh, Jack and, and the Doctor end up having to rescue her. And there's the, the confrontation and conflict on the planet. And then I like that then we bounce to the one faction, which is the Anon. Is that what it is? The Anon. And uh, Unon? Unon? U-N-O-N? At first I thought it was Union. <laughs> I kept I reading it Union in my head at <laughs> okay, first, too. I did the same <laughs> thing. The Anon. Uh, and I like that uh, we kind of get their story and the reason why they are who they are and what they're doing. They've kind of become the time Which police. Which is great. Essentially, they they're trying, because essentially of the becoming absence. the new time yeah, lords. because of the absence. So of uh, the Time Lords, and so we get this wonderful, almost like, 
you 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 read the story and you're you're kind of think, oh yeah, you're sort of justified in what you're doing here because it really seems right. It really seems to be the the right thing to be doing. Which is uh, weird because at first in the first story, if we can backtrack a little bit, the other there, faction, there. which is the uh, you guys are there. What's the name of the group that's on the ship when they first get there? The, the Let. Yes. Yeah, the let. So the let, you kind of sort of think maybe the let are the ones that want to, even though they're the ones that are trying to capture our heroes, you sort of feel they're like the when the Anon show under up, attack. Yeah, they yeah. become under attack. So you sort of side with the let. Later, you kind of sort of think, okay, maybe the Anon is right in the right here. And so because you get kind of their story and their background and their history and what's going on. And then suddenly the, the, we're, we're thrown into the thrones of the Let because the Doctor decides to kind of indirectly help the Anon. And then we find out that the Let have their own situation that you kind of sympathize with Which as well. I wound up sympathizing more with. And, and ultimately, you do. Yeah. And so I love the idea that it kind of pulls you back and forth in this tug of war of who to whose side is really right here. And I think ultimately at the end, you do... The balance is tipped towards the let, but you even, to a point, kind of feel like, and I, I think that they all kind of come to this conclusion that there really needs to be no one faction that is the time police. That everybody has yeah, to there kind of use. Should not be a new time. Yeah, everybody is victims here, and everybody kind of has to uh, live in unity. And I, I, I really like that concept, and I think that's why the story is so enjoyable because you're thrown into the conflict, and then you have the. The heroine experience of you know saving Rose, and then he and in that second story he's calling upon everybody to come. He's got the he's got the ultimate weapon that he's got for sale. It's the <laughs> yeah. brain of a time lord, and you're like, what are you doing? What's gonna you know? Only to find out that he's really just trying to draw draw out the strongest opponent. Uh, and then we get the announced kind of their story in their background, and then we get the let's story in background. So I like on how the, the fact that on in right before he's calling them down. In the arms market is a lot of Gallifreyan weapons. Weaponry, yeah, yeah. Which the whole thing is so raw for the Doctor. It's that's one of the greatest assets to the story, in my opinion. Is I would agree. Even more so than the TV series did. It really captures and elevates the agony that he is going through in the wake of what he thought he did in the Time War. I also like the, the fact that. He, he, the doctor spends a lot of this comic on his back foot. Yes. Not only because of the situation and because of the fact that it is Gallifreyan technology or because of this, but it, it's... So much so because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't on. know what's going on. Yeah. And, and even the little things, like when they wind up at the bazaar, and he's just flipping out over the fact that this place shouldn't exist because it's on the cusp of a supernova, and Jack's like, oh yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Jack's been there. <laughs> I like the fact that Jack kind of gets to play tour yeah. guide. Through yeah. through most of it, and 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 show him around and, and do things. I thought and that it's, it's really... kind of nice to have that time agency Jack too, instead of the Torchwood Jack. Yes, yeah. absolutely. This is the Jack that I love. This is the Jack that I fell in love with it, it, when when he's first introduced. And the beauty of this is it's set in that time very soon after. It's directly the rescue. After. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, very soon. We, well, other things uh, could happen. Yeah, that's true. But, but very soon after, uh, they rescued Jack at the end of uh, Unearthly Child and the Doctor Dances. And so it's it's really kind of – it almost gives you a chance to kind of explore that first introductory character a lot more because he really kind of grows and changes over the course of those last few episodes because by the time we get to Boomtown, he really has kind of become – a member of the team. Well, yeah, the three of them have gelled yeah. so much. And so this and really goes... to the finale where, you know, what happens there. This really goes above and beyond being able to kind of smooth in that transition between, you know, picking him yeah. up and then losing him by the end of the series. I also so, really like the the hints that they gave, or yeah. the... the Retroactive flashbacks. Well, she she the, uh, the one gal the kind of sees the future and sees oh, what's in yeah. store for him, and, uh, and without letting on too much what he's but, what he can. But for expect. us, seeing yeah. the panels and even down to Children of Earth, yeah, is great. exactly. So yeah, I uh, just the, of the Titan stuff they've done. This is so far my favorite. Oh, absolutely, um, and and it has the heavy, but then throughout it, 
the entire time is the ninth oh, Doctor Snark. It is. It's the his Snark. Well, and, it's it, so and it's Captain Jack's Snark just as well in a different vein. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's so they've they've nailed There's these characters. So and much even, wit. Even Rose, I think, feels very much like Rose from the first series. It just. Oh yeah. They they've nailed these characters and came down on the right foot. I, I and that's why I was so excited when we announced it. Well, we didn't announce it, but when, when <laughs> Titan announced. announced it. When we mentioned that Titan announced that they were going to continue and do an actually full-out comic series with the Ninth Doctor, I got so excited with that because of just the foundation they laid here. And I hope they can cont- they can maintain that momentum going on in the series. If they keep the same writer and the same artist, I think it'll be a phenomenal series. Well, I, I agree, but I don't. I also don't think you want to stretch those resources too thin yeah, i wouldn't I, I mind seeing i wouldn't had. mind seeing some other artists i yeah i think you, when we did read the announcement that that's that's who came, was coming on board at least in the beginning um i just hope they don't stretch them too thin so that they don't feel like you know they 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 either have to be filler or they have they get to, it gets too dry because i mean that that's that's a possibility i'm, ho- I'm hoping they that. just have their great stories and that they pitched, and they said, "Oh, it's sold so well enough. Let's keep going." I think that, and I think based on the track record of this miniseries, is why they yeah. decided to to push on and 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 probably pay whatever Chris needed <laughs> to <laughs> allow his imagery. Um, well, and I think we've said it multiple times, and so many other fans and podcasts have said how great he was as the Doctor, yeah. and how it is such a tragedy that there's only the one season with him, and this really does feel like it's more. I agree. And it helps and, shoe it in and it just does such a good job. And there's a there's a there's a a good number of new series um novels out there that have yeah. that that I think have done we've we've read Only Human. Yeah. Um which I think have kind of done a decent job of of continuing that 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 doctor and giving us a little more of him. Um, but they kind of stopped those once Tenet came yeah, around, Yeah, but exactly. And yeah. so this gives us a little more breadth as far as the, the Ninth Doctor goes, and I, I really appreciate that. Well, I think that more than anything, unlike – I'm going to pick on the book for just a moment. Unlike the the only human, this, as you guys said, feels like well, Boomtown. incorporates all three characters. Team TARDIS. Yes. <laughs> And and that's I think that's one of the reasons why I appreciate Boomtown so much is because it's, this is the team TARDIS that I would have loved to have had for a whole season or more, versus the episode and a half that that we really get them before they're gone. Um, and so the fact that we've got that dynamic, we've got those characters, and and even when they're splitting them up, which we we got a lot of of, of Jack and the Doctor together, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that Rose was off doing her thing, and then we got Jack and Rose off doing their thing. And then, um, even when he's got to, you know, never, you two are never together. Was it always this difficult? And he's talking to himself about it. It's great. <laughs> but I think that goes a long way to smoothing over, you know, the, the, why we liked it so much is because it's not just that you're hitting the right era. It's not just that you're hitting the right tempo. It's that you're hitting the right combination of both of them for this particular era, because this is where, this is where nine got fun. This is, I mean, not that he wasn't good before. No. But this is where I felt when the well, when, really the, when the doctor yeah. when the doctor dances that yeah. it's, that's like a, a a pinnacle moment in the series. And then you're right; that's when this doctor gets fun. Unfortunately, and it's, it's so short lived yeah. because we're so far. So into I've, the I've said before; I almost feel like this is where Chris kind of felt like he was having fun in the role versus just showing up and doing a job. Well, and, you and, know? and retroactively, also maybe it, not, but it, it also is kind of when he. Some of the shackles of the time war have come off of him more. A little is, bit. Is at that point, yeah. too. Because he's still so very heavy and very dark and very broody about the time war. And that's when that he has that great victory is when he can really start to become the Doctor again, fully fledged. Yeah. At least in my mind, that's how I put it. No, and it, it makes that, that moment in... I mean, it was a it was big, impactful moment in... Uh, the doctor dances when you know, when he get, everybody lives. That was the big moment for him. And I don't think, even watching it, I don't think that I ever really. I think if you, if if you yeah, if you go back and rewatch it now, knowing what we know about the time yeah. war and what went on during it, the that moment will have a much bigger impact. Yeah, I agree. Now it, it, it was I mean, it was a big moment for him before, but now that we've seen some elements of the time where we know what was going on and, and a little bit of the backstory to, to get that everybody lives coming after it is like oh wow, this is a big deal. 
So it explains a lot. But um, honestly, I was just a little disappointed with uh, you guys are hugely praising it. I kind of been letting you, just hoping that it would wash over me, and I would I would maybe think, yeah, you're right. Um, I enjoyed the artwork. Uh, I, I think it's uh, it, it's very good comic artwork, which I like. I don't think the likenesses were quite. There were, there were a couple of panels. Was like, yeah, that's great. That's who that is. And then there was a lot of I don't know cheating. It almost felt like where it's like, well, you've got kind of the features of the person there, but it's not really what Jack looks like or what. It's a nitpicky thing. Um, Are you talking like the wider shots? Well, some of the angles I think were just a little. You know, when you're given a panel and you can actually do it, uh, yeah, that's great. When you're, I think maybe I'm a little more forgiving because when especially an artist is doing so many panels yeah and there's a lot to, of work going you have on here. to forgive them for for some panels but i i thought i still think it's I, some I of the best art we've had so far i, I disagree i don't think i saw a moment where i went well that doesn't just doesn't quite look like jack i mean it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's, they, they, it's right down to the expressions that they gave that i i i Maybe the covers, maybe less so, but I'm not sure that the covers were necessarily our same artists. No, they, they usually are. Um, but no, I it just I I thought never was there once where I looked at somebody and said, "Well, that doesn't look like them," or even quite. That doesn't even quite look like, like them. Maybe I'm just being a Glenn Fuddy Daddy then, because I I, I felt um, you know when we get to the excuse me, bless you, the kind of. Um, First real good look we get at the, um, what are these called? Anon. The Anon. And they're, they're battle-hardened centaurs. And I was kind of like, ah. And I've, uh, Glom. I was like, oh, it's a squid. I was, just, I was having Glenn <laughs> moments with the whole thing. I was like, why are they all got to be anthropomorphized, guys? It's a comic <laughs> well, book. Do something different. the era. Yeah, but I expect that from the <laughs> I was kind of surprised there weren't more nods and references in the bazaar, other than the Slovene. And Bad Wolf. Yeah, and, and, and Bad, bad Wolf. Bad, bad Wolf weapons. I like that they have carried that through. Yeah, that's an, that's that was a really nice touch. But I was kind of surprised there wasn't, like, jam-packed. It was just only a couple. But then later we get the Cybermen and the Santara, and then... Yes, I knew you'd like the Cybermen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nothing. Keith was all excited. Yeah. I also like the I like the idea of a bazaar or a black market of weapons that kind of bargains. Well, they come they come from timelines that were pretty much non-existent anymore. What a great what a great concept. Yes. What a great Almost idea. Like that axis now, of infinity. Story yeah, exactly. And, it, and so it, when it comes down to it, you, the, the concept of that's really cool because you're like it's, – it's like weapons out of time. It's like out of timelines that, that no longer exist. Now, when you find out that pretty much everything that's on the, the Glom's uh, table is Gallifreyan, it almost kind of hits you with, oh, well, no wonder these are all <laughs> out of time because that's a timeline <laughs> that's been essentially erased at this from this perspective as well. So – it was it was one of those oh of course why didn't I see this coming kind of things you know and the doctor goes all Jesus punching out the money changers yeah. in the temple <laughs> <laughs> flipping things over and causing a ruckus nope I I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly pleased and yeah. I think that I if they can keep this momentum and pace up with the the series that they're going to now turn around and do as well I, I think we've got a lot of good stuff coming i look forward to to more and what, what's also great about the story is the overall story between the two between the elect and the union on is it's a story that you really can only do with the ninth doctor where somebody trying to become the new time lords and then somebody and then a species they're trying to obliterate a century it a makes century. a lot more sense as a ninth doctor story especially in the wake of uh, the Tenth Doctor kind of coming afoul of the Shadow Proclamation that they've kind of stepped in with the Jadoon and yeah, the and, and try to do some of the police yeah. work and, and and things of that nature. Which I never got the impression that they were time related, though. Not necessarily, but I, well, but I, I think that the the thing about the the Shadow Proclamation is they're policing the the physical realm. They're policing the they're policing space. Yeah, they're, yeah. Time is left alone. 
for the most part. And with the Shadow Proclamation, you get the impression that it's an organization that was created based on a democracy, that, that all of these different systems and planets probably got together and decided, voted, because there's articles and there's, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say a constitution, but there's a, a, at least a, a foundation or a guidelines around it because he's always quoting pieces of the Shadow Proclamation. And you almost get the impression that maybe even the Time Lords were part of this uh, policing system. Now, they're not policing time as the Anon and the Let are trying to do in this sense. Well, the Let uh, weren't even trying to police But time. it's, yeah, right. Well, they just became victims of, of yeah. that. But the... So it's not just the the idea of somebody trying to take over that authority. It's it, with the Shadow Proclamation. It seems like more of a uh, dictator, not dictator, uh, democracy. Whereas the Anon, it almost goes to the point of of, of kind of a, a, coup, a dictatorship coup is what mm-hmm. it looks like. And so I kind of like that. There's 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 a, a a stark difference between that as well. That that maybe if the Anon had fulfilled their passion to replace the time lords that they may have either in turn taken the the shadow duck uh, proclamation to with uh, you know under their own fold and then use those as their uh you know uh, uh ss you know so well, yeah. I, I, that 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 could have easily come about and uh, kind of dissolved that sort of joint effort that the, that the Shadow Proclamation seems to think. Now, now, B, now don't get me wrong. Things that they have alluded to in the series now makes me think that the Shadow Proclamation probably has its own ambitions aside an from agenda. what, yeah, an and agenda yeah. that has been kind of maybe formulating into a totalitarian society as well that that maybe wasn't the intent of the initial establishment because we kind of get the impression that they're a little big for their bridges so did anybody get the uh in the in the fifth comic the the panel where they give us the backstory where the anon show up and and kind of deliver their ultimatum that uh your scientists are developing time travel uh you know you must cease your experiments immediately, surrender all temporal material to the Anon, and if we refuse, then your path will be changed for you. Did anybody else get a two doctors vibe? Yeah. That this is, yeah, and, and that maybe bit. that's why the doctor's really kind of hardcore freaked out at that moment, because yeah. he's like, I've been on that end of that conversation. I hadn't thought of that, but could you, you make a very solid you point. Know, yeah. th- th- this is really, you know, behold the tyranny of the Time Lords, that it's just like, we want all the toys, and we don't want anybody else to have them, right. and, yeah. and you need to knock it off or else. Of course, I don't know that the Time Lords would have hit that base with a, 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 <laughs> a, a, a entra- planet entra- entropy engine. But. <laughs> we sort what of a, get we sort great of get name of a, a leftover Time War weapon. Yeah, <laughs> we sort of get that feel that the, the Time Lords are kind of going that direction anyway, and they need a lot of the big finish audios as mm-hmm. well. So, especially some of the Eighth Doctor ones we've already listened to. Mm-hmm. That inner struggle between the High Council and the CIA. Anything else? I don't think so. I look forward to more. Let's move on to the Joggernauts. Well, I gotta switch apps. <laughs> Apparently, due to contractual obligations with the name being copyrighted, we're not allowed to call the mechanoids. <laughs> when he's got the computer screen like that, he looks like he's conducting. Because <laughs> he's got the touch screen. He does. He throws things around. And... I'm going to get you some fingerless gloves, and you can do Tom Cruise and Minority Report. Yeah. <laughs> Need some of those tech tip gloves. The Juggernauts. <laughs> Far too many apps. <laughs> I don't know. It just wasn't loading the... The swipe screens as it was supposed to, ah. so I could switch apps. I got you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> In a small mining colony on the dark and distant planet of Leth... Leith? Leith. Events are occurring, the results of which could dramatically affect things on a universal scale. 
For within the dingy corridors of the artificial biosphere, the lone survivor of a devastating crash has expertly wormed his way into the lives of the colony's personnel, a scientist known as Davros. Separated from one another across space and time, the Doctor and Mel find themselves in a very different predicaments. Mel has been employed on Lath, while the Doctor has been imprisoned aboard an alien spacecraft. Both situations are inexorably linked. However, and at the apex of the two sits Davros and the terrifying possibility of a new threat even more powerful than the Daleks. Rescuing Mel and stopping Davros should be the Doctor's primary goals, but could it be this time Mel does not wish to be rescued? And might Davros actually be working on something for the benefits of the civilized galaxies? I enjoyed this. I was a good story. No dun 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 at all. Uh, dun dun dun. It was you know, it was, I, I, uh, I just, I, you know I you, I just like to throw it out there every now and then and not be the one to do it. It's because, hard to you know. it's, it's hard to rate things with the enthusiasm of a dun dun dun. But it it it, it was a good story. It was it, I I think it was more of a comfortable story to me. It it was more well we just came off of a very. Intense season nine it, it, it felt- with some really, really solid storytelling with some original ideas with some difference. It was almost kind of nice to fit back into those comfortable shoes again and get back into a big finish that was kind of from an era that was mimicking the classic series. And I think this mimics a lot of those kind of classic series feel of stories. And so it was, it was, it was, there, there's no huge. Revelations in this. I mean, there's no. there's the minor surprises that you get, but there was no huge revelations in this. Um, really, it's a, more of a great story for Mel. Yeah, the, the surprises that I got were the the fact that apparently I didn't look at the cover for the this album. because it was <laughs> yeah. it was uh, Davros that shows up, and and I was like, you guys, you guys said a little off a mic, so I'm going to kind of steal your thunder here. As soon as he said, you know, Keith said he sounded like Davros to him without the. I, th- I thought it sounded like yeah, Terry Malloy. I sort of thought the same thing. And then when the wheelchair is mentioned, I thought, well, it must be Davros. He's in a wheelchair, and we just—he's got some sort of perception filter on on the on the crew here. And so it was one of those things that they, they were little surprises when the mechanoids show up. That was a bit of a surprise as well. In fact, it was, as soon as I heard the voice, I went, oh, "Mechanoids!" <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so. There were these minor surprises, but there was nothing mind blowing about this story. This was a and and I think this story is best suited for the Sixth Doctor. Oh yeah, I don't. I in fact, after hindsight, now listening to this all the way through, yeah, I don't think I could imagine. I could imagine other doctors in this story, but no other doctor would have had the right panache for the that this story has for 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 the Sixth Doctor. Yeah, and doing it with Mel. I, I, I find I quite enjoy the Six Doctor and Mel now because we didn't get much Six Doctor and Mel. No. We got uh, Terror the, Terror the Vervoids, right? Is the only Six Doctor and Mel story that we get because we get that one chunk. Well, and she's in Parad- uh, she's in that last story as well, but it's more of a Doctor Master Yeah, Ultimate Foe. That's it. Um, we get we kind of get some there, but really, as far as a standalone story, Terror of the Vervoids is really the only really Six Doctor story that we get with Mel. And so, I find the more I hear, and we've had some big finish with with the Six Doctor Mel, but the more I hear, well, the only one I can think of right off the top of my head is is uh, the One Doctor. Yeah, that seems familiar. It's the one we with the guy that's the, pretending to be yeah. the Doctor and his companion and. That's the only one, one that yeah. I can think of off the top of my head. We may have done others. But anyway, this I don't story think we've done many, but maybe that's why I enjoy this because it's it's so fresh and new to me in that sense that we don't have a lot of six Doctor Mel and so to hear them play off each other and and not that, that same dynamic that he and Perry had. It's it's very much yeah. a two good friends, you know, enjoying an adventure together. And so that's what this feels like. And I think that again Old shoe for me, but it it, it 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 paces out really well, and it feels like a classic episode. And and it was a really great episode for Mel. I mean, we start with her in the society, waiting for the doctor, kind of getting friends and becoming friends with Professor Vasso, who then turn around and become Davros. And then the end, when she makes him beg for mercy, is 
incredibly powerful and speaks volumes and gives her so much more depth. It's it's really incredible in that aspect of it. As far as Davros goes, it felt like the audio story Davros to some extent because it's Davros in a lab creating something that is going to replace the Daleks or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that part of it was kind of status quo and familiar. It was all the other stuff and, you know, the Doctor Quasi working for the Daleks, but not really. And them being separated, doing their two different things for the longest time and then coming together. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I enjoyed the ride. It, 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 it... <sighs> you have the strike against you of not knowing a lot about the mechanoids yet. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the idea, though, stepping ahead just a little bit here. I like the idea of Davros utilizing the mechanoids against the Daleks because it's it's a classic battle that we've had before. Um, They are adversaries. And finding the one thing that you might, might arguably be more powerful than the Daleks is the mechanoids. And so I like the reveal that... Davros is, is is experimenting with this new technology, and he's getting investors to come in so that he can continue this uh, uh, production of these particular machines. And you kind of get the impression that the idea is to develop these, sell them to the investors, and then the investors have this product, and Davros has, has his money, or Professor Vaster has this money. But, but You mean Dr. Vasso? But Dr. Vasso. But the but ultimately they called him professor, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they called him professor, it. but he is a doctor. Yeah, but because D. R. Vasso, right, Davros. Uh, so, uh. so the, the the but obviously he's, he's using the investors. <laughs> he's using the investors to get the money so that he can continue it for his own means because he wants to teach the Daleks lessons, which goes back to when we were talking about Davros and the Daleks and the struggle that they've had with and against each other for all these years. And I like the idea of pitting an even someone, something that's already an adversary, but then changing the name. It's these are the juggernauts. This isn't mechanoids. What's this mechanoids you talk about? These are my juggernauts. And it was like, just such a clever, like, little spin on that. I thought that was kind of cool. Not to mention that the mechanoids aren't just they, – they have different variations of groups. They have ones that are like security or warriors or battle robots. But we also have the ones that we find out later working on the assembly line that don't <laughs> attack Mel and the Doctor yeah. because their sole purpose is – Making sure that the maintenance and, and running of the machines that, that are creating more. So I thought that was cool. And then the little added bonus of the idea of using the mechanoid, having the mechanoids and utilizing the humans that he's been harvesting from this particular mining colony to be the essence and element in very Dalek type fashion. Because mm-hmm. we've had. Davros using humans even as as an experiment to or not an experiment but to further a Dalek race or to create a new Dalek race and this is one step away just sidestep from that of using humans in order to uh, further this mechanoid mechanoid army so I I, I really like that I, this, there's a lot of I don't want to say this is a fun story but there's a lot of fun enjoyable elements there's a in lot this of story really good ideas yeah, in it yeah that they're simple ideas and they're ones that are in line with things that we've seen in the past but they're very again they go back to that familiar familiarity of it i just i like that structuring of this story not to mention it's got the dogs which i like <laughs> but but they're not in it that much they're either. not but he's got the he's got the group of uh these ragtag ones <laughs> the decrepit he's, uh, yeah he's essentially which, kind the of voice cobbled, acting they did on those to back ma- with the effects made yeah. them so much sound the stutter that they had and yeah they, they were just, almost scarier in my they opinion they almost were and they well just because you didn't Daleks, know what they were going to do Daleks are a bit unpredictable and unhinged anyway just as the simple beings that they are but then to have these kind of not quite right Daleks just expecting them to be even more unhinged and and less controllable that was what yeah. made those scary i think yeah one one part i wasn't too eh, on was I always expect Davros to have a grandmaster plan, and when he starts flipping on a dime, trying to just survive, it, I, I was okay with it because he was just trying to escape and 
But the fact that he was willing to, okay, I'm going to do this. Nope, that's not going to work. I'm going to do this. Nope. Uh, it seems it felt very master more than Davros. Well, I, I, I think that's... The fact the, that he was willing to switch sides so quickly and so easily instead of playing through whatever his master plan was. I think that's because we've come to Davros at this point. And we've, we've He's done, des- he is desperate. We've done Davros in the future. We've done Davros in the past. So we're at, and it's at this point that we kind of get the three R Davros: the the revelation yeah, Davros, well, the smack dab in the middle, Davros, it's right the, the, after the, resurrection. And so we we've come back to that. So this was kind of the status quo of this of of Davros of this time. So again, I think again, we're going back to familiarity again, but <laughs> it was a familiar theme within that era of Davros that we got. And so it wasn't surprising to me that he was in this way that he was. The surprising thing I think to me ultimately was when Mel turns the mechanoids against him and you think that they have utterly destroyed him because you hear him, you know, screaming no, no, no in the background, and you're thinking, oh, okay, there's Davros again getting killed by his creation. But then later <laughs> to come back and be so injured, but the the, the chairs mm-hmm. keeping him on life support, and then to take it a step further, and his self defense mechanism has been triggered, and he is about to blow up, and they have that moment of he's like basically telling the Doctor and Mel. Run, get away, save yeah. yourselves. And it's almost that point that I'm like, that's a little out of character for Davros. But when you think back, he didn't know Mel. And I think that some s- small minor piece there, of there, humanity connected with had, Mel. Yeah. And he had that compassion for her, not necessarily the Doctor. No. And I love how the Sixth Doctor plays this off in the, you know, he has compassion for Davros. But he doesn't have much sympathy for him to give him. In fact, he says, I wish I could uh, – exactly how he sells, says it. But he sells it in such a way that you know, I wish I could have some remorse for what's about to happen, but I can't. Yeah. This is yeah. actually what he says. I mean that's paraphrasing. But to see that you know, Davros is in a situation and have a bit of compassion but also have that, well, I can't, you know, I can't feel too bad about this. Kind of thing. I liked that because it was still in line and in character with the Doctor, but it was that connection between him and Mel that I think is the reason why he goes to the links of doing what he does. And then <coughs> when it actually happens, and that's when the moment hits you that oh, we just saw Davros in the ninth series. Davros is just he's immortal. You can't do anything yeah. to him. You can't kill the guy. Oh, I mean, yeah. You just can't mm-hmm. kill him. Yeah. And I think, thank goodness they have it because they brought him back in very. Oh, he blew very up at the way. end of this one, and Mel looked at me and said, "He's not good." <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. Because it, it, this, you guys, well, he's going to come back as a head in a jar, but not really a head in a jar. He's going to be really old. Well, wasn't this set before resurrection? That's before resurrection. This is before this resurrection. Is, this is before resurrection, and before remembrance, but after. No, I'm sorry. This, this is, is after, after resurrection, but before yeah, before uh, uh, the other R that we never can remember. Remem- no, remembrance. No, it is before remembrance. Well, it is before remembrance. It's before Colin's other revelation. Revelation. It's before revelation. Oh, no, it's no. after. It's between revelation they, and remembrance. They made a specific comment yeah, about it mentioning it. Be- yeah, because it they talked about I'm the Necros Daleks. It's after, it's after re- that's what it's his after, base of his... Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's after... It's R two point five. Yeah, there you go. That's that's why I was saying right there. It is between there. Yes, you're right. Um, Which I really appreciated those in the references, so we knew where it was at. So and, yeah, and even Hand and Jar would have to, already happened. Uh, Davros in a Emperor was only what we get. Yes. Next. Yeah. However, that comes to be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but still, but it's such. A, but it's, still, in the midst of a civil war against another, you know, the original faction. Which and it's so. almost like he. He tried after his success with the mechanoids. He went back down that path again with the Daleks. Now it's right. it's a really nice continuity bit for his character. I'd, I'd be really interested once we kind of get all of these Davros stories under our belts to sit down and watch them all in Davros's timeline. Yeah. It would be fascinating <laughs> to see how that progresses. When I think Which, that, granted, through five, six, and seven, most of that is in chronological yeah, order. But that, fitting the big finish in there too would be great. By doing that too, that might help you not feel like the, this it, is so it, yeah, out of character yeah. for Davros because I really think his character—he's so desperate by this point his, that he, his, yeah. his his character grows in different ways throughout his his linear timeline. He, he has different motives and different. Uh, machinations as we go along. So, yeah. So this would also be set post, or er, 
Would this be set before his Davros story? Just Davros with the Sixth Doctor? No, because the Doctor says, I worked with you once before. Yeah. Okay, I can... Okay. Yeah. I worked side by side with you before, and you... So this this has that. afforded So us. Davros was set probably before Resurrection. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Cause, yeah, we could, well, because Davros was the one where he was um, working on the financial... Yeah, yeah. Formula to yeah. play the stock market anyway, and you you kind of got the sensation that this is where he was. Which again, I never really thought about it. I always took it as a why did his mo change? Why is he now so worried about money? And I guess I didn't think about it as you know when you're the head scientist of the you know the elite military, and it's like pretty much you can divert funding from anywhere you need to on the planet, <laughs> so you can work on your you mobile tanks, resource, and yeah. you don't have that anymore. It's like that actually made a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's part of the desperation. There was a logic to these stories that I yeah. never got. Well, that's part of the desperation. I think that's the I- watching them in order. The right? Damn the 80s. Idea, <laughs> the idea that the, the, the funding source is there automatically, and then when that's cut off, you've got to come up with ingenious, clever ways of doing it. So you do have those moments of desperation. You have to first get the funding, then carry out the maniacal plan. Yeah. And so you, the, the funding always becomes the base because money is power. And so you've got to get that set in, in stone. And he's had to do that in Davros. He's had to do that in the Joggernauts. You know, so it, yeah. it, it's that idea. And it's not until later when he actually gets back. I mean, even in uh, Journey's End and the uh, Stolen, Earth. Stolen Earth and Journey's End, he's back in the clutches of the Daleks. And while we're set to believe that he's leading the Daleks once again, he's not. He's really a prisoner, a captive of them. He just has desperately come up with a plan <laughs> that he thinks will seat him at the be- at the head again. Yeah. And then it's not until we get back to Davros again on Scarrow at the beginning of series nine that we realize, yeah, he still he now is sort of quasi in charge now, but it's not because of moving back in and into and getting into power. It's more of the fact that he's come home to die. But he hasn't. But he has. But he hasn't. <laughs> because he's it's a trap, but it's, I, I, I love trap. that. I like it's. Uh, it's almost like there. When you look over the uh, for anything that we've reviewed, because yeah. I'm sure there are holes out there, but for anything that we reviewed, Davros has really kind of grown in the right direction and never deviated from the Davros that you know is is is, is constantly happening through his timeline. It's 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 interesting that. You can have they very can few. Keep. I mean, despite the fact that the guy keeps seemingly dying and then coming right back. <laughs> besides that, there's really no plot holes. They've really done a good job of making sure this is this era Davros. This is this era Davros. This is, it. and it all, you know, and literally the big finish works. fits those gaps exactly. to build exactly. them to that area. Yeah. I guess I always, I part of me just always assumes Davros has a grandmaster plan, and so when he doesn't, it surprises me. But most of the time, he doesn't have a grandmaster plan. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why I think he does. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I mean, there are times that he has. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But and maybe it's because I like those stories better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I just think of those instead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know, maybe sometimes Davros would be better to fly by the seat of his pants. Almost kind of like when he does, fly by the seat of his chair. The, sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost kind of like when he does because it it shows you that that while it ends up being a weakness in the, in the long run, Davros also does, he's always thinking on his feet. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> that was bad. But... He's thinking on his proverbial feet. He's thinking on his wheels. <laughs> he's proverbially... Yeah, anyway, he's think, he's always having to change the plan as he goes. And I, I, I kind of like when he does that because he's always thinking very fast. He's always, always, he's always okay, well, what gets me to the next step? What gets me to the next step? So I, I kind of like that. Well, and it's, it, it makes me... Because, I mean, you know, when, when, when you sit around twiddling your fingers and going, all is going according to plan. Yeah, yeah. And then the doctor shows up and screws it up. You have to think to yourself, you know what? Maybe the, maybe yeah. I shouldn't start keep planning. Yeah. Maybe we should just go with it. <laughs> I'm going to put him in an easily escapable situation and wait. What could possibly go wrong? I am... I am 
I think it, it it does get a little tedious that the doctor gets thrown into having to help somebody and then later find out that it was all part of a different plan and they had no intention <laughs> to cooperate. It's almost like it's almost like am I stupid? I know that this isn't going to go this isn't going to turn out right, but it's so obvious. But then sometimes I just kind of let that wash over and go Okay. <laughs> well, that's one of the yeah. things that goes back to what you'd said about this being a, a perfect Colin vehicle is when he when he wakes up in the room, and of course I heard the heartbeat. I'm like, oh, it's a Dalek ship. Not that I didn't know they were in this, but you know, <laughs> um, I still get I still get those moments even when I do my research ahead of time, and it's like, ah, there. but um. And they turn the lights on, and he's like, oh, I should have known. And he's just <laughs> bored. Yeah. He just acts bored with Did the whole exercise, that? you know. And they're, they're, they're threatening him, and they're doing this, and you're going to, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Mm, uh. it's just, only Colin's doctor could pull off that level oh, yeah. of indifference yeah. with the Daleks. And, you know? and, and that great line of, shut up, how, am I, how, how can I shut up if... You know, that whole interchange that they have between the two of them is only Colin's well, doctor yeah. can pull that off. All the way down to him making the deal and, and Mel and I will be free to leave. Yes. Then he says, OK, I'll do it. And then he says to himself, although I don't really believe you. Which is like, yep, <laughs> that's how I feel. And, and that's yeah. more what you were going on with. It's the status quo. Yeah. yeah. Which I think maybe, um, and again, I'm totally retconning this now, but. As we've done more of these big finish stories set in the in the, the later eighties eras with the sixth, seventh, and, and even the eighth Doctor stories, um, and we've kind of talked uh, touched on this before, where the more Dalek stories you do, the less scary they seem to get because they just lose something when they're so easily defeated. Uh, as Moffat said, <coughs> but it, it, it kind of makes a fresh change, I think, for some of the later New Who Doctors. That now we're coming at this after the time war that they, they've, you know, they nearly destroyed the entire universe. And thanks to the intervention of the doctor, we're defeated, but at a cost that they're gone, the time lords are gone, that all stuff's gone. So then when they do show back up, it's kind of like, there's an added element of weight to this. I, I still, I know we kind of waver a little bit back and forth on, you know, am I tired of new of Dalek stories already? But at least now I still no. kind of feel like, well, <laughs> we know not. <laughs> But I, I still feel like even with the frequent defeats in New Who, when the Daleks show up, I still feel that there's a little bit more of an element of danger in a New Who Dalek story than maybe in a classic Doctor Who story. Now, part of that might be because intellectually I know the Doctor's going to get out of this because he's got <laughs> several more regenerations to go later. But I think part of it is just that even the Doctor has kind of hit that, oh, it's you. Yeah. And, and 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 all of those regenerations are kind of like all right well <laughs> look I'm going through the motions oh, blah, 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 and we defeated you okay let's move on versus the new series stuff where it's like oh it's you yeah, and I, the, I, it's, the way the, the there's, there's a genuine yeah. threat there it seems like now versus maybe you know in the in the latter half of the series maybe there wasn't as much yeah I don't know. well and even third Doctor era those Dalek stories the threat is not that great. It took Genesis to really elevate the elevate the threat and, back. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the introduction of Davros. Yeah. Didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now that you talked about the the scene where the interchange between the Doctor and the Daleks, I I can see I can so see the Third Doctor in that same situation. Though. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same I guess way. It's, yeah. Same, being so flippant about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> not in not in the, not in, not with as much panache as. as as Colin does it with, Not but, but having that same, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, how am I going to be able to do this? You know, it's, it's uh, yeah, I can, I can totally see their doctor because it was much like that. Oh, they've shown up again. Type yeah. Thing. <laughs> well, I, can, I almost think the third doctor would have, his concern for his companion maybe would have overridden his snark level. Yes. <laughs> yes. Versus yeah, Colin, which sir. is, this is always going to come first. I'm sorry, Mel. I'm sorry, Perry. I'm sorry, Evelyn. The snark is coming first. <laughs> Then I will be concerned about you, but I have to yeah. get my one-liner off. Yeah, the third doctor wouldn't have been as snarky with it. But it, would have, it would have been in that, that exchange I like to of, think that yeah, he hides right. his concern behind the one-liner. Sure, the we'll go with sure, that. Sure, sure. Well, why not? I like that. 
<laughs> the sixth doctor has a book. <laughs> Just a note in one of the many pockets. There's a book, and he thinks of things that he can say to bad guys, and he he constructs very elaborate, well constructed sentences that have a lot of really in-depth vocabulary, and he just holds on to them when he thinks oh, of them. Oh, I, I like it. <laughs> and he I throws them out later. I'll take it one step further. If you got the, what are we now, a 1,200-year diary? If you got the diary and you looked at the Six Doctor uh, entries, that's, that's all it would be. <laughs> it wouldn't be anything other than, well, what can I say to them this time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the other doctors are probably writing things like, had a good day with so-and-so and did this and wanted blah, 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 blah. The six doctors entered, met the Daleks again, defeated Daleks again. <laughs> the doctor is, still haven't gotten to the uh, Eye of Orion yet. Promised, per- <laughs> Promised Tegan to take her to the Eye <laughs> Hadn't got there yet. She keeps told wanting to go home. The, told the other day we were going to go see the Eye of Orion. Hadn't got there yet. <laughs> Went to the Eye of Orion. Got sucked back to Skelebrain. <laughs> Today's entry. Made it to the Eye of Orion! Exclamation point. Left in a hurry. <laughs> That's the next show. The Doctor's Diary. <laughs> Why am I still traveling with Tegan? <laughs> Question mark. Maybe it's time to break out the instruction manual and look up <laughs> how, how to get her this. home. Day eight of pretending to be sad that Adric's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? Ace has locked time? herself in her room again. <laughs> the one thing I'm actually kind of concerned about. <laughs> anything else about the juggernauts? Note to any uh, megalomaniacal um, uh, people out there who are going to create a race of helper robots for investment purposes so that you can carry out your true nefarious plan. Juggernauts, bad title. (laughs) Come up with a new name for these things. Because at no point in time did any of the guys <laughs> from the that's like That's like, I've got these robots, and they're going to help you with various tasks through that will make life simpler. We've called them badass killing machines. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sales tactic. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's yeah, what, that's, to that's, say. that's what yeah. exactly... And not so many, not in so many words, but maybe somebody in your marketing department can come up with, you know, <laughs> promise you immortality. And it's like, in a juggernaut. <laughs> sure. Uh, it was a fun story. That's about all I can say. <laughs> the, you know, this is the other thing. We, not only could this only be Colin's doctor, this particular story really only works with Mel. Yeah, as I her character so, yeah. because she's a computer programmer. That and she has not experienced the Daleks. Yeah, so yeah, at this point, she she, yeah. she knows nothing of Dalro. She knows nothing of the Daleks. She knows nothing of the Mechanoids. She has absolutely a clean slate. And yes, she's a she's a, he is a computer programmer. I think that's why you said earlier on that this is a really good story for Mel, and not just from the aspect of of her character development in this, but the it, fact it, that it, she, it, they it. utilize something that she specializes in. <laughs> yeah. It's like whenever Perry gets to do botany stuff. It's yeah. Nice. <laughs> Perry gets to look at plants. <laughs> Mel, go program something. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> you got to appreciate that when I mean we're going to give him the backstory. Might as well use the backstory. Yeah, I absolutely. Like that. Well, and Ace, break out the baseball bat. I mean, that's <laughs> where's your nitro nine? Play to their strengths. Like, Ace, we go home and we <laughs> burn down a house right. or something. <laughs> no, that was that. That was the. Well, well done on that front, and, and kind of like we, the, for the limited time that Mel is on screen, I didn't like Mel. I don't know why it was just she was you know, off-putting as a companion or something. But man, I have loved every single one of the audios that I, we have done with. Yeah, her. not you that know, we've done many. Her in them, yeah. we've, we've said it before, but I, I think Big Finish knew what they were doing. I think they knew they had to go back and play to the strengths of these actors, especially if they were bringing back familiarity. They had to really. They they got a chance to go back and do what they couldn't do on the yeah. series, and that's grow these characters and make them interesting. And I think they've done a fantastic job with every single one of them they've brought back. 
Absolutely. But we have yet to listen to the Adric one. But, uh, <laughs> what do you got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule, uh, this week's Friday Night Who, we will conclude the chase, the William Hartnell story. We're going to do parts four through six. Uh, thank you. Big shout out to everybody who joined us uh, uh, this week and put up with my shenanigans since Keith was not here to run the countdown and <laughs> I had problems galore. <laughs> Just, I take a week off. Yeah, that's what happens when you leave Sean in charge. But Keith will be back next week. Yes, and, I will. And, and, and ready for parts four through six. Uh, and then um, because we had so much fun with the juggernauts, um, we decided to expand as a slight schedule revision uh, for next week's show. We're going to actually gonna go ahead and do a full-blown adversary archive on the mechanoids. Uh, so not only are we going to review the chase and say goodbye to uh, Ian and Barbara, spoilers, um, but we're also going to cover some early Who comics, uh, the stories of uh, The World That Waits, which is in the collected comic, The Dalek World Annual. Yep. And then we're going to do The Eye of War and Impasse, which are two different com- or two different comic stories, which are both collected in The Dalek Chronicles. And then uh, in the... What is this called? Doctor Who Files. Doctor Who Files, number 11, The Cult of Scarrow. There is a short story by Justin Richards, who is one of our favorites, uh, called Birth of a Legend. And uh, all of those stories feature the mechanoids in some way, shape, or form. So we're just going to go ahead and throw it all in there when we talk about the chase. And it's been a while, and why not? The mechanoids seem like fairly worthy adversaries for an archive. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, and the rest of the schedule is posted. No other changes. Uh, the following week is Delta and the Bannerman with Sylvester McCoy. And then we're doing Beyond the Doctor uh, for our Sylvester McCoy uh, feature because he is in 1979. Did I have the date right? Yes. Dracula with Frank Langella. So. And Donald Pleasant. And Donald Pleasant, isn't yep. it? Well, it wouldn't be a, 79, a 70s movie without Donald Right. Pleasant, so. <laughs> pretty sure he's in Star Wars somewhere. <laughs> he's he's lurking, in a TIE fighter pilot outfit or something. Uh, be sure to support us on Patreon if you're not already. Uh, please do so. And if you are, thank you very much for your contributions. It certainly helps this show. And also be sure to click on those links on our website. Thank you to Ben who yeah. has purchased something through uh, Amazon. Yeah, a couple of something through Amazon. Every little bit of those uh, help because proceeds to those from those links actually go back into this podcast as well. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Terrific. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks Thanks for for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.